0: I'm a Ranger, a New Belgium beer ranger. You can't see my uniform because we're on the radio, but you can bet I'm wearing it with pride. Wandering the land from coast to coast, bringing good beer to the masses, while well, I can develop quite a thirst. Now we've crafted a beer with Simcoe, Chinook, and Cascade hops, the Ranger IPA. So bold and refreshing, it can satisfy a ranger's thirst. Try a new Ranger IPA, and then head online to get in uniform at newbelgium.com. Employee-owned, alternatively empowered, New Belgium Brewing. Follow your folly. Ours is beer.
1: With additional support from Kuat Racks and Patagonia. This is The Shorts. And you're listening to the Dirtbag
0: Diaries. I just got back from an amazing weekend. One of those epic weekends that actually makes you look forward to parking your butt in a chair for 40 hours in the upcoming week. Started off Thursday evening with seeing my favorite band, Cigarros, at an outdoor amphitheater along the Columbia River Gorge, followed by a sunrise climb of 12,000 foot, snow covered Mount Adams on Saturday. And finally, a meandering backroad Sunday drive through the mountains on my way back home, making sure not to overlook the opportunity to explore a new trailhead along the way back. I made my own plans, set my own pace, and had sole control over the iPod the entire trip. My life has somehow reached a point where weekends like this are far more common than not. I'm living my own version of the dirtbag dream. at least I thought this was my dream, I've come to realize that sometimes the things you think you want the most in life are actually keeping you from seeing what you really need. Early on in our marriage, my wife and I were looking through a magazine and came across an ad for a product. I don't even remember what. There is a photo of a woman on a rock bluff, somewhere out in the wilderness, watching the sunset as she sipped from a steaming mug next to her glowing tent. You know the picture. Apparently the photo did its job, because my wife mentioned to me that she would like to try backpacking. I'd done some backpacking years ago before dropping out of the Boy Scouts, and by backpacking I mean wearing jeans and a Disney sweatshirt, dangling a cast iron kettle from my external frame pack, and complaining for miles on end but I had apparently forgotten all the misery by that point in my life and agreed to give it a shot. Over the next year or so, we started accumulating all the necessary gear, checked off numerous day hikes from the local guidebook, and gradually built up the calluses on our feet to the point that we could both consider ourselves outdoorsy. We broke in our new backpacking gear among the wildflowers of Paradise Park on Mount Hood and the crystal-clear reflection of the three sisters in Arrowhead Lake. Life was good until I discovered climbing. Once I got a taste of climbing, I was hooked. Our shared hobby as a couple had mutated into a singular passion that my wife didn't share. She was more than willing to go for a hike with me along a beautiful river, or even an overnight backpacking trip to a majestic mountain lake. But I had become obsessed with climbing, and over time allowed the we trips to all become me trips. I would sit at my desk at work and daydream about the next peak I could bag. Imagine what challenges the route would provide. Take a mental inventory of all the required gear in case something was missing. Nothing was ever missing though because even though it wasn't necessarily spoken aloud, gear was a higher priority in the budget than just about anything else. When I'd get home in the evening, I was often focused on packing for an upcoming adventure or unpacking from the previous one. I'd be gone for hours on training runs or hauling my pack up the local hill multiple times a week. In the rare event that I was home physically, I was in the mountains mentally. The more I pursued climbing, the less I pursued my wife. I started to see her as a hurdle in my climbing quest. I stopped asking her if I could leave for the weekend and started telling her that I would be gone. When she was pregnant with our daughter and nearing the delivery date, she asked me to stay back from a four-day Rainier climb because she was no longer comfortable with me going. I told her I would be fine, and decided to go anyways. I couldn't see it at the time, but I had chosen the mountains over her. What I realized now is that I had allowed climbing to define me, and no one was going to stand in the way of that. I found something that I was good at, and it seemed to impress others. I could strike up a conversation with people, and once they found out I was a climber, they seemed to be more impressed by me. People knew me as a guy who climbs mountains. I felt rugged, macho, manly if you will. As Dr. Phil might say, it stoked my male ego. The problem with letting something like climbing define you, though, is climbing can never actually satisfy you on a deeper level, or show you who you truly are. You can keep trying harder routes, buying more gear, and taking bigger and bigger risks, and hope that it will finally meet some unknown need in your life, but you'll always be back for more. That's why so many of us have that next adventure percolating in our minds at all times. Maybe it will be the route that finally satisfies me or makes me feel complete. Don't get me wrong, climbing is great and highly fulfilling, but I never should have allowed it to define who I was, because no matter how much I love the mountains, the mountains could never love me back. And a life lived without love is no life lived at all. I wonder how my life would be different if I had noticed earlier on that the woman I loved was more attracted to me based on my presence in her life than my climbing resume. If I had realized that the smarter decision would have been to put down the rope and pick up my daughter. Or if I had learned that loving my family was actually the greatest adventure of all. I wish I could tell you I woke up at some point, saw how selfish and unloving I was being, started to be a better husband and father in time to save our marriage. Sometimes it takes losing something special before you realize how much it actually means to you. So now I have unlimited freedom, no one to answer to, and I can climb whenever I want. I'm living what I thought was my dirtbag dream. But now I see that it wasn't actually that great of a dream to begin with. The truth is, I'd trade all this new freedom in a heartbeat if it meant getting another chance to be with my family. Another chance to see my daughter every day. Another chance to show my wife that I love her more than I love the mountains. My name is Steve, and this is my short.
1: When Steve and his daughter aren't looking for buried geocache, they're camping in the backyard throughout the summer. It sounds like he's happily pursuing his new dirtbag dream. Music today by Ultre, Chris and Thomas, and Bradley Carter. You can download the tracks for free from our website, Dirtbagdiaries.com. We've extended the deadline for scary stories. So if you have one that you think will set our listeners' spines a-tingling, write it down and send it in to Dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. Deadline is October 15th. New Belgium Brewing makes the diaries possible. Their new fall seasonal Red Hoptober is on shelves and at taprooms near you or grab a can of Shift. With a cornucopia of hop-rich malt-quetching beverages, you can find your flavor at NewBelgium.com. Support comes from Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. With aluminum construction, innovative design, and a lifetime warranty, they're creating racks with you, their fellow riders in mind. Check out their full lineup at KuatRacks.com. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the good people at Patagonia. I'm Becca Cajal, That was Steve, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.